they pronounce your last name? Fatal. Fatal. Yeah. Okay, right. And it's, does anybody ever call you uh, Guy? Like, oh, that... all the time here. And it's all from because the French? Yeah, just because they think like right. it's a French name, right? Right. But I hear that it's basically like an old old man's name. Guy? Like, like maybe your old uncle would be called Guy. Yeah, so, so. I think so. Yeah. Um, but that's a good segue into uh, Guy Fatel being on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming today, man. Thanks for having me, man. Um, stoked. We've been talking about it for a little while, and then, uh, yeah, it's going to make it happen. Yeah. On a Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Rainy Saturday morning. Yeah. So I guess that is, it's an interesting name because you do have this, that it's a, when you're in different, like we're in Canada and French people call you yeah. Guy. And it's like, I guess you just let it, do you let it go or do you say no, it's not my name? I used to like get pretty pissed off about it. Oh yeah? Yeah, I did. I'm right. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not French. No offense. Right. But like my right. name's Guy, just a guy. So that's what I say. But these days, like there's some people just let them go with it and <laughs> right. like whatever. But do you know what's the... But it's not on purpose. They're not doing it no, to bother you. No, they're not doing you, it yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Like it's it's instinct. You see that yeah. name, and like you, you know a few geese here in in Canada and Quebec, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. and you just go with it. But yeah, yeah. Do you know where's the origin? Like where Fatal is from? No. Yeah. So it's actually an Iraqi last name. Oh, really? Iraq. Yeah. Holy shit. My my like grandparents are from Baghdad. Oh wow. Yeah, and they had to like cool escape, wow. um, escape Baghdad. Um, Basically, when when they were like turning on against like all the Jews there, but wow. they used to like have a, from the stories like an amazing life there. Really, they used eh? to have like an amazing life, and they had to like leave, get up, and leave. How yeah. long ago was that? Um, so that would have probably been like in late thirties, early forties. Right. Like, so, um, yeah. I fuck. mean, during during the war, or yeah. or like just after before before Israel was set up in like 1948 right yeah they just had to get out of there Fuck. yeah that's crazy man i can't even i can't even um like process that in my brain like what that would be like yeah i don't know I it's insane know. just like so much courage and just and also just like you have no other choice pretty much right? you just got to get out of there yeah so you it's not even get out of there and like israel where i'm from and i'm sure we'll get into that it basically mm. it's like a crazy melting pot that consists of like people who have come from everywhere in the world right? right like you've got jews who came after like the war and the holocaust all around europe yeah and then you've got like jews who came like from north america south america and then right. you've obviously got from all the muslim countries that had to leave like just just the same as like my grandparents and and ancestors and stuff had to leave um iraq like you've got the same from morocco from um, from from all around, right? right? From Iran, like from everywhere. So many cultures in the, in the Muslim like, world. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then and then they end up bringing like that culture yeah. to Israel, and 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 you see it in like just just like the mentality, the culture, the food. Right. Like that's that's one of the reasons the food is so good in Israel because you've so got much. such a variety. Yeah. You got such a variety, like that's highlights weird. from everywhere in the world. Yeah. Have shown up, and and that's what our food is. That's pretty cool, and I mean, I mean, obviously the reasoning for it's really not great, but like the the culture that creates is pretty awesome. It's like a world, yeah. it's a world culture in a country, and yeah, I think it just that's where you have you can kind of get the compassion for the rest of the world by having so many cultures around you, just yeah. living and doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, it's pretty pretty insane. Like, yeah, pretty insane. Fuck, man. Yeah. Um, we gotta try this coffee. But oh yeah, right. Sorry, the coffee. Cold. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so explain this coffee again. Okay, so I was just in Israel now, yeah. like a few weeks ago, 
And there's this place I know since I was like a teenager in the old city of Jerusalem. Yeah. Which is pretty exceptional. It's got like four quarters. Um, and I was starting to tell you about it. So you've got like the Muslim quarter, Jewish quarter, um, Christian quarter, and Armenian quarter, yeah. which which is pretty cool. It's yeah. like an offspring, I guess, of, of Christianity. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, and then walk just like walking in the Muslim quarter, I find the coolest there with all the all the small shops and stores right. and, and food and everything. And there's this one old guy who who has like a coffee stand there and he grinds in front of you. He grinds his coffee with some cardamom, which is in here as right. much as you like. Like you tell him what proportion. Oh, you really? And, uh, and yeah, he grinds it in there, puts it in like this little bag, paper bag. And like it comes out warm and really, it eh? smells so damn good. That's rad. So All damn right. good. So this is what we're drinking now. Okay. I brought some with me. So cheers, cheers to buddy. that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drink the mud in the bottom. No. Yeah. Oh, it's real yeah, good. It's good stuff. Yeah, you can kind of taste it's, like the. Yeah, you can taste like that tang, and yeah. and the cardamom like loses a bit of its flavor. Right. So like, if we had it like so fresh cloudy. a month ago, yeah, like you would totally, like get that cardamom feeling, but you you taste the tang in it. It's and good. And I try and keep it like frozen. Actually, I keep right. it in the freezer. I think it holds the. Like holds the flavor. Well, it's already ground, it's ground, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. But you just like you just mix this into the water. Like yeah, I was like I do like it on Yeah. So I like, know I say I'm just the like, stove with like a finjan and like yeah. it, it bubbles and, and you mix it in and you just you don't drink the grit. Minutes right. It's cowboy coffee. Go, man. It's yeah. good, man. Yeah, it's yeah, really yummy. Know. You don't even need like it's strong. I was joking I was joking about adding milk in it, but I feel like you don't even need like it has like the cream. It's good, man. Yeah, you put some milk or cream. It's ruining you're like never gonna be allowed into Israel, dude. Or or anywhere like Turkish coffee. Like that people will get a heart attack if you put milk in it. Oh yeah. What's it's at um with Turkish coffee uh what's the difference? It's it's the same. Okay. It's the same. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's just I think refers to how you drink it, which is in a small proportion. And we call it like mud coffee. Yeah, right. Right. So, so like imagine it's just basically unfiltered, right. and all of the coffee heavy soaks to it's the good, bottom, man. and then you just gotta know where to stop. Yeah, you get that like bits on your tongue, and nah, uh, it's no fun. But well, it must be like a crazy the the little granulars are just pretty pretty much pure coffee going mm. into your system too. So you're getting that yeah. like actual like physical pieces of coffee. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. this is a good stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm starting off with a, it's with a real deal here. This yeah. is legit. It's good. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, get you wired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, we've known each other for a few years, I guess now. Yeah. It's been a while, I guess. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you something. Actually, just came up with the news. Go on. Uh, but we can, I, I'll bring it up in a bit because um, I'm going to get into this first. But yeah, um, professionally, you're a photographer. Yeah. That's what you do full time. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you you came from Israel right to Canada? Well, sort of. Just kind I was of like, by way of other places for short By way, I was like spending my winters, like probably like four winters by then in Europe. Okay. So like a couple of them were based in France and then I was traveling okay, like forth. all around. Yeah. So I'd spend my winters in Europe and yeah. uh, and then kind of. The rest of the time in Israel, still right. trying to figure stuff out, traveling yeah. a little bit, working a little bit back home, just yeah. doing whatever, and yeah. and and yeah, and then I came like out here for a month, for the first for the first time, which was like 2015, 2016. Because I was working at Arteryx at the time, That's right? And yeah. you did the um, did Dolomite. The, that th- oh, I did the Dolomite in Europe the year before, and you got the wild card and came over, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I was working on Arteryx at the time, and that's yeah. I remember. Then you came to Deep Winter, and I helped run Deep Winter. That's right, and that's how we met. Yeah, right. Of course, that Legit. that year. 
Yeah, and that right. was like an amazing experience for me, just like yeah. being out here for for that entire month. I was staying with like one of my buddies that yeah. um, that is Canadian, and I met like in skiing in Teen. Oh, really? Before he was doing a season there, and and we met like that, and and he was moving to Whistler like the yeah. winter after, so I ended up like um, just staying with him and and just like connected when once I got mm. here, and it's like okay, this is if I want to really make this a career and a lifestyle, like yeah. this is where I want to be. It's pretty cool, yeah. man. It's funny how the ski industry, like you, you meet people like, you know, you didn't know the person you met in teen mm. would be somebody who would help you get your feet, you know, done, yeah. you know, in the door here or whatever, get a place here. Yeah. And then, funny. oh, so this is a good segue actually. So deep winter doesn't, isn't going, isn't happening this year. I hear that. I know. Yeah, That's I crazy. That. Eh? And, and you know what? Like, yeah, it's crazy, uh, but it doesn't surprise how many me. Years has it been like 12, 13? Oh no. Uh, actually, it I don't has. know. It has like, I was I there for like out, seven of them, maybe okay. six of them. But yeah, yeah so maybe it's been running for like 12, 13 because when it's I th- won it the second year, that was the 11th year, man. <laughs> so I know like it's been okay, running for right, quite a few yeah. years. Um, I think I think it's like in a sense like anything not taking away from it for a moment. I think like in, in a way it's run its course. Like, yeah, for sure. It, it just needs it needs to be like refreshed. There's only, yeah. you know, there's only so much you can do of of any like artistic event or sports event to that sure. where like yeah. the bar is set and and then it's tough to like us as humans we're always expecting the next the next time to like push the bar higher and higher and higher and and yeah. it's tough especially like with a photo contest that is so much about art and interpretation and like you've got the conditions the snow conditions going into it i think yeah. i've been pretty unlucky with that the past few years and uh and just like imagine you've got like five, six photographers every year. It's hard you've to find. You had like seventy folks come through. Like, yeah, you're gonna start flying them from the other side of the yeah, world, like me. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, you gotta bring them from Israel. Yeah, you gotta uh, bring them from Israel or or anywhere. I think that's like uh, yeah, one from Europe. So if anybody doesn't know what Deep Winter is, it's a f- uh, photography contest in Whistler. I mean, people in Whistler listen to this, but yeah. Anyway, that's uh, a photography contest, and it's we're talking about how it's not happening right now. It's over for at least a year. But I think it's fine. I mean, I just think it's like it's not. Is it gonna come back? I don't know. I think I think it's it, it's gonna like come back. Hopefully, in in a different form. Just, I it's think hard just to like what that form is. You know, it's almost like change up like the the game. You know, like yeah. let's let's do something else. Sure, I I've, I've I, but I, but then I think about okay. So what are the options for a photography contest? Is it maybe it's abandon the whole idea, or then do you just how do you change it enough to make it worth watching? I think you can tweak it around like a bit with with the set of rules. Like, what if I think part of the problem the past couple of years is that people were struggling to figure out and come up with original concepts. Because Deep Winter, you know, is so much about the storytelling. It's so much about the concept. It's almost like putting together a short movie with your photos, well, where, yeah. you, where you got to tell a story ultimately. And I think that's been the struggle. So maybe you like set a theme i don't know like set a theme and, yeah. and the photographers have to take it take take that theme in like one sentence or whatever and like do whatever whatever they see with it and get creative with it i don't know yeah it's, a, it's a, definitely but, something that's like um it needs a refresh yeah and it's interesting to think about what they can do but uh i mean i think it's just the goes to show as far as like photography goes too there's a lot of photographers out there even though you've gone through like in 10 years, I don't want to talk about this too much, but um, you go through like, you know, 13 years, whatever it's been, 
yeah, like you said, that's five to six photographers every year. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to keep us somewhat local. And they're trying to celebrate the storm season. Well, there hasn't been that many storm seasons in January recently. No. It's been pretty shit. So like Maybe this year is going to happen. I bet this year it's <laughs> going to go off. And like, Whatever the when is it are... always like the second week of January? It's going to go Don't. off this year. Dude, that would be hilarious. It's going to be like, we'll just be doing our under, underground, like deep winter. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you did that contest, uh, just once or more than once? No. So I did it twice. Yeah. I did that first time when, when we met 2015, 2016 yeah. and I was invited out yeah. after having done like one, the King of Dolomites in, in Europe, Italy, which yeah. is kind of like an equivalent, but yeah. more of a, a like singular photo contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no video, and no video. No. And that was, um, the year when I did it, that was like the 10th version and, it was the one when Chad Chomlak won. Oh, yeah, right. And I think, like, the level that year, like, was so damn good. Yeah. Because they brought back, like... A um, bunch of people. A bunch of people who won it the yeah. years before. Like, the past, like, five years. And yeah. then I did it first time. I think and Chad, I think it was his first time, and he yeah. won it. And um, just, like, the level was so high. Yeah. It was so high. And I think that's kind of the standard I set to myself. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and then the next year when I was invited to do it, I, I jumped on that opportunity. And, yeah. And, cool. and yeah, I think I already, already like had the experience and knew what goes into creating creating like a successful slideshow and trying to figure out a successful concept, something yeah. that I can connect to. And, um, and just like knowing how to set my days of shooting and editing because okay. it's intense. Yeah. Well, it's do you edit, your, you edit yourself? You don't have to edit for you? Do you make uh, I, had, I had someone edit it yeah, for okay. me. Cool. Yeah. It's I an did. interesting like thing. I, I'm curious when. Um, I think it's interesting when people don't get editors and when they do get editors. I think yeah. for the most part, people get editors now. It makes it easier. Yeah, for sure, because they can be logging the, they can be like looking after it, day yeah. to day, keeping track of it all, and you don't have to spend the time doing it. I mean, you're a photographer, so you shoot. Yeah, and then you maybe also they got maybe like, they got to make it so it's like maybe. I mean, that contest could be like no more outside help. It's just a slideshow. I don't know. Because last year, or not last year, I don't know if you were around, but the original. I wasn't around for last year. So not last year, I meant just like, sorry, uh, a long time ago, I should have said. Yeah. Uh, they used to do just the slideshows at mm. the pro photo showdown. It was like yeah. a slideshow counter. Oh, so every photographer and the music was, was actually like, like they'd hit play. His photos. They hit play on the yeah. music. The music would play on the speakers and they have like, and it would like jam up. That's and wild. It, yeah. Got to go back to the original. should do that again. They should. Because I even feel like. Because you only get the people Am who I actually, right? Like Olympus stopped sponsoring the pro photo showdown this year. Yeah. And it was not as good, man. No. It no. wasn't as good. Something about it. Yeah. Something about it was just not. I think it's not as good. The event itself, yeah. like the photos and photographers were, were awesome. It was kind of like, I'm going to check the camera. Um, I think. <coughs> we on? Oh yeah, I'm still on. I leave this stuff in too. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's something about that event because uh, I think it's popular, but I think the problem is um, the reason why they pull out is because, I mean, it didn't sell out this year. Um, I can't believe it didn't sell out. But I it think always does. I think the I think there's an issue, and I'm not. I, I mean, I work for the festival; they're really great. I think the events are awesome, but I think there's a there's a thing when you bring in so you bring in photographers from afar, mm-hmm. uh, and they submit their stuff. So they're world f- photographers. This town does well when events are promoted with all the people who are in the events locally. So when yeah. like people in the events are local people, the events do really well. Yeah, a guy in Hawaii. If he tweets out or puts on Instagram, "Hey, I'm gonna be in Worcester for this event yeah. I'm at," it doesn't bring. It's not gonna bring a lot of people to it. No, but it's been working the past 
year. Yeah, it's, so it's I just something about this year. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But I think you still had the guys from Hawaii the years before. Yeah, I just don't know why. I mean, skateboard like, photographers was the ones like well, the video it. and the video contests sold out. They were huge. This Wh- year. Which one? Like the filmmakers show or the intersection? They both sold out. They both sold out, and they're both records. Like they're both really, records. yeah. I didn't go like to those last year. Oh. I just did like the pro photo showdown. But like, oh. I I don't find the level at intersection is very very inspiring. No, well, it's no. not the same as it used to be for sure. It yeah. used to be really good. I, I don't know what it used to be. I heard it used to be good, but I judged the like first year of it. Some, it was freaking awesome. Some yeah. of the some of the videos like it's suffering the same. The hood could create that. It's suffering with, the same play as it's suffering the same as photography contests around. Mm. There's just like all the same. Yeah, it's hard to get crews in, and and I think the the demise of film crews in in the ski and snowboard industry, as far as like, used to be all these film crews specifically would make videos. So they had the yeah. time to make these things. Now, the only people making videos are brands and maybe Matchstick and TGR and I know some other snowboard like yeah. uh, blank paper or something like that. But like, so there's no crews that they're making videos. Like there's like a couple filmers with some athletes and they film edits for these brands, but they don't have a crew that goes. So there's not even just the option for people to have, like they have to almost come to do it specifically for that. Yeah. It's really strange. It's a confusing time. Maybe the answer is like just to take a few years break and and then just like hit the refresh button. Yeah. And I'm sure after a few years, there's people brewing with like photographers and video makers with like cool ideas and concepts yeah. and, and like I think you, the you restrictive aspect uh, to try to make it challenging is 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 got to go. You think so? Yeah, I think so, saying if you give somebody like 3 days um you know to shoot photography, you can if you're not going to just bring back the ultimate best people and you're trying to like grow the sport and stuff or grow the industry whatever you want to call it, not sport, but I think that the restrictive natures of it all or just like don't make it so tight. Give people yeah. like like I thought if you give any contest, if you give them more time, like say you give them a week's a week window and they have to pick a window within a certain amount of time to do that. Yeah. I think you give them more options. I think you come back with better with a better show. Yeah, a week window works, man. So like I, I was gonna tell you like about this, so this is good timing, but yeah. this summer, um well generally speaking and we'll get to that, but I've like really been getting into trail running and yeah. ultra marathons and stuff and um also starting to shoot it more, which is like yeah. super fun. So I'll like run with Sick. my best and like just like one camera 24 70 lens on it yeah. like try and keep it pretty light so i can yeah. move around be nimble and stuff um so yeah together um with rossberg yeah cool. um right he has like altus guides yeah. um we decided to put together like an underground um deep winter like theme um oh. running photo show oh, and i don't know like if you saw it like on social media or whatever but Fuck, i don't know yeah, man, we, maybe it was in it was in august and okay. um basically it was um with myself included as one of the photographers we had oh, cool. um four photographers come out which uh which i invited and um from like one of the top like guys in the industry of shooting trail running in in vancouver and oh. we had like a couple guys from uh from squamish so we were four photographers and um we basically i i like said the rule and like <laughs> the rules and the <laughs> yeah. pdf with everything so like what works and uh yeah and and we gave everyone a full week to shoot yeah. or actually i think it was longer i think it was like eight or nine days yeah, like to why shoot. Not? anywhere in the seats this guy so you could shoot like from basically like horseshoe bay all the way out till like the ends of pemberton and and, yeah. and whatever that's cool uh and you could shoot trail running anywhere do whatever concept you want um and you have time to shoot it's summer you've got like super long days and um 
and and yeah, and then we came together at um. Do you know the common in Squamish? Uh, it's in like downtown. a working space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. That yeah. place is pretty sick for is like it? just small events and yeah. Um, man, we promoted this like I I got photographers on board on board like two and a half weeks before the event, and we started promoting the photo show um like five days before, oh wow. before the show, and like I've I've had these photographers like busting like working their asses off to crazy slideshows and. I think me and Ross were pretty concerned. Like, no one's going to show up. It's going to be, like, right. one of those sad birthday parties. Pretty unique, um, though. Yeah. Running photography. Like, I mean, as far as a, a contest in that Yeah, but, space. but that's the thing. It wasn't a contest. We didn't oh. set it as a contest. It was oh. just going to be, like, put together, like, something that's never been done in, in the trail running industry. Get, yeah. like, the community from, from all around the sea to sky and Squamish and Vancouver to come out. And, um, dude, we had, we packed the place up. It's, like... I don't know what the max capacity is there. It's not huge, but maybe like 90 people, 100 been, people. Yeah, okay. Still, and, that's good though. And we maxed it out. Like people <laughs> were standing at the door watching it. We had cool. like a food truck show up. We had a bar. We had like a DJ. And and my buddy Ryan yeah. Kenny was like, um, he, he was hosting the event. Oh, cool. Um, so he was like on the mic bringing every photographer up. We played like rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to like go first. And it, oh, right. it felt like some underground like... Um, you know, like cockfight yeah. kind of felt, <laughs> just that we're yeah. doing it with like, with like, um, photography and, and it was so fun and, and, and everyone like killed it. Um, there was no like winner or loser. Like right. everyone was stoked. The crowd was so into it. People were, like cheering and we just had a good time and, and it was fresh and it's never been done before in, in that industry. And it turned into like a great party afterwards. Like people, people like having a damn good time afterwards, and, yeah. and and yeah, it was it was so much fun. Like, I I think like we have a lot of opportunity to like grow it, and I've had photographers right. reach out to me like wanting to do it next year as well. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll like organize it and maybe do it maybe a bit bigger. But but yeah, like just putting that together was so much fun. It sounds really unique for something I've never like. I mean, as far as like a running photography kind of event, whatever. Um, yeah. <clears throat> because I mean, it's definitely a, a trail running is becoming super popular, and people it's like it's, it's, it's kind it's of like hot. it's like trendy. It's kind of like backcountry skiing was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, no, it's cool, and that's cool when you Squamish gets behind stuff. Yeah, like they love that kind of shit. But I think um, yeah, those those small events are awesome, and then you hit a threshold where it's either you, like there's you hit a turning point. You know, if you yeah. say you do it for like three years, it gets bigger and bigger. There's a point where you have to like jump it up exponentially. Yeah, and I think that's where some of them it's hard to do. But I that's such a young it seems to me, I'm pretty naive towards it, but it seems like that's a, a young like event. It could probably go on for a few years. Yeah. It's not like skiing or something where it's kind of been old news, you know? Yeah, no, this is like totally new. And yeah, like, that's rad. I almost feel like we're pioneering in that, in that aspect because there's not, there's not a lot of people doing this. Nor, nor are there like a lot of photographers in, in trail running as they are in like skiing, snowboarding, mountain biking. It's No one's specific to it. Everyone's like... Not specific to it. Yeah. No. I think that's like doing a bit of everything it's usually like commercial work like trail running isn't like yeah. there's no edit i guess there's editorial there's a little it, bit there's a couple yeah, of so. magazines probably tons of running magazines actually yeah a couple not not a ton no but it just seems like i guess i guess i'm naive and trapped in this world of skiing so many but uh it does seem in my perception of it would just be like it's very yeah commercial photography yeah but it's uh you go to some awesome places man like trail running you've fucking like yeah especially the times of year you go there like i'm used to seeing winter photography or mountain biking in those areas mm-hmm. but running your trails are different like you're just in a less you know a less trampled area or less like less people 
Yeah. Because you go high alpine or something, that's awesome. Go, getting into the alpine is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, so like I I did with um, with my buddy from here who's like um, an endurance and Ironman coach and stuff, Christian. Oh, yeah. Uh, we I went I know, up. I know, you know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sure. also has his own podcast. So. Oh, does he? Yeah. He oh, does. really? Yeah. Oh, sick. I didn't know that. He's getting more back into doing doing more of them now because oh, cool. he took a bit of a bit of a break just busy Sick. and stuff but yeah we went up like um uh near squamish we wanted to like get to this zone that we've seen like photos of yeah um and we basically like took our bags bags up to hike there mm-hmm. um and and camp overnight so yeah. we like hiked up to the alpine um with all of our gear all of our running gear camped overnight and then yeah but like that evening and then for sunrise the next morning and yeah. we're doing like photos. So like right. we got into the Alpine with all of our gear and then we were just up there and running around. How right? much running is actually happening? Are you like running? Like, yeah, are you like, that's a good question. Are you like, I know you're running for the shot, obviously. Yeah. But you're also, I hope behind the scenes, it's like you're, are you like running, finding a spot, setting up? Because you, you said you take your camera it's with like, you. But yeah, also, it really you, depends what the shoot shooting. is. So I think like on this one where we did the camping, we, we really wanted to like emphasize getting sunset photos sunrise photos so i right. think like um photography kind of led the way there so yeah, sure. it was a bit less running but then we were just like we also did like a, a recon trip um in the chill cottons like a tyax and oh yeah and and there it was definitely heli running running no not heli running just like running running <laughs> like full-on running man yeah. um and there <laughs> it was like yeah i had my camera and and yeah. One stage, I'm just like running with camera in hand, and if I see something, like I'm, I'm starting to sprint ahead or or stay up back and just catch up and taking right. photos. Yeah. So there was like a lot of running involved, and I think we ended up doing like 25 plus kilometers that day oh, cool. with shooting a ton, and okay. and and just still like running and and moving fast. So yeah. it can be really whatever you want it to be. Right. Yeah. I think I think if you like trying to emphasize like the time of day like if it's editorial shoot and stuff yeah. like yeah you're gonna you're gonna shoot more run a bit less but if you're like out there for a full day like you're running and yeah and and shooting on the way you know i just picked yeah. like somebody just running across stopping running across stopping yeah like, <laughs> mm, that <laughs> still yeah. happens yeah i guess the same it thing as skiing happens. right because you gotta like run yeah. take a turn you miss you do like it again skiing, yeah yeah um you've had a pretty good start to the winter this year you had it well or not even a winter you've had a pretty good start to the fall with your yeah. uh your fruits of your labor from last year. Yeah, on the editorial front is yeah, it's been good for you. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's it's been cool. good to me, man. Yeah, you've been getting um, uh, some coverage, some yeah. coverage. Yeah, other magazines. Been, been getting quite a few covers recently, yeah. and it, um, yeah, I've been like really stoked and like just seeing like all of my work. Like, yeah, I it has like come to fruition the past few years, yeah. but just like. Well, basically, like the in the span of a month, I've had like five major covers, right? That's pretty cool. Which is pretty cool, and it feels great. And it, it's like <laughs> you, you end up, you're like, okay, one more, like, is yeah. it, you know, yeah. and you get you get used to it, like with any success. But right. but man, it's like this is what what I dreamt of, and um, yeah, that's cool, and it, and it's really cool. And and if anything, it's getting me like really motivated for this winter to like right. get out and um and just like shoot. And, right. and ski because because i think i had i wasn't as motivated like just to get out last year i always wanted there to be a reason to go out whether it was like right. is there a reason are we going out like on the best day of, of winter you're more selective I'm gonna, like make 
any money from this day shooting like you know like just being more selective was yeah now i'm like pretty pretty motivated to just get out and and shoot and and yeah i guess you have to i guess you go through those like as a naturally as is any profession you go through these ups and downs where you're like kind of gets motivated and just totally. kind of coast and motivated and coast and everything else and i think when you see it's good to get it's a shame the snow hasn't kept up with the success of your like the magazines rolling in, you got covers on too, but we don't have snow now to keep this just magic. Yeah, but stoke. it's it's gonna come. It's <laughs> yeah, gonna come, sure. and I'll yeah. be stoked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, like as any creative, or freelance, or athlete, or like whatever. Like yeah. you, you gotta learn to ride the waves, and there are so many ups and downs. And yeah. I used to struggle with it a lot. Whereas now, I'm not saying I'm per- I'm I'm perfect at it, but I'm I'm learning to like just roll with it, like take the down moments as they come where you feel like man you just like sat here and nothing's happening right like yeah. you're getting rejection after rejection you nothing's coming yeah. your way you haven't yeah. been like you haven't you haven't been paid for a gig in like a couple months and like you you don't know how right. how you're gonna get out of that slump and then it just like happens and it, it's just and you gotta like ride it ride that wave when you're on it and yeah. like and like be okay with with the downtimes and I used to like really struggle with that side whereas right. now I'm like I'm much more chill about it. Are there like, less downtimes though now? Like there must be like less like it must mm, be Yes and no. Yes and no. Like yeah, maybe less downtimes but but you know, like it still exists. It's right. not when you get used e- to it. Even even with having all the success I'm having now, it doesn't mean that I'm like sat laid on my couch with my with my feet <laughs> no, up yeah, and no, like work sure. is knocking on my door and like right. my my phone's exploding like guy come shoot us come do this like you still gotta like put yourself gotta out there and, sure. and and get what you want but i i also think i'm so like goal oriented yeah um just as a human being like with with anything it can yeah, be okay. with my work it can be with my with my life with with anything really and and that can be a struggle once you achieve the goals yeah and then it's like well What's next? You know. Yeah. 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 Some, I, I'm gonna hear this before. I don't remember where I heard this, but um, I think it might have been Elaine. I think it might have been Julia Louis Dreyfus. She said that you always have to have something to look forward to. Yeah. And so sometimes I think that's where people can have trouble is if you have goals that you succeed. I mean, that's maybe a bit depression can can kick in and stuff it can like kick. especially it can in like mountain in. towns. But people are just like so many highs and lows. Yeah. It can be tough for sure. But I, I think. If you always have something to work forward to, and if you're goal oriented, you'll be setting those goals continuously. Yeah. Right. But but you go through stages where where you don't know what your next goal is. Yeah. You know, like like for me, going back a few years, winning Deep Winter was a massive goal, and yeah. and I I got there. I got to that mountaintop. Right. And then you're like, all right, now what's next? What's yeah. next? And um and with like my photography, you realize that okay, like today I've I've got to a point where this is my source of income mm-hmm. you know this is how i can make ends meet and 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 you realize that sometimes it's not as exciting and 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 as amazing as you put it out to be and and you just right. got to put the work in and and um and it's not always going to be like these these mountaintops and peaks right. of of achievements and and the top of your goals but just like finding that next thing is tough like yeah i even like Speaking like you know Ruben Crabbe, of yeah. course, and yeah. and he got that crazy yeah that photo. nebula thing. Yeah, well, yeah. that was his like next goal. But yeah. like go back three years, and he got the shot in Svalbard, you oh, know, right. with with the moon eclipse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with those Salmon guys, and and then you you achieve that. Like for him, that's that's his ultimate goal. He got that. Yeah. What's next? 
And like we yeah. we've had like a bunch of those chats, like just yeah. realizing what's what's next can be can be a big challenge as hard. as itself, man. Do you think that's why you got into running more and like to in a different aspect just to like diversify of just like your your goals maybe like because now you're running like is that is that did you, you ran the 50 yeah. so yeah, i did the 50 yeah. squamish 50k this yeah August. yeah so like that's not and you're shooting running more is that just like is that a challenge you're giving yourself to kind of like yeah help you along with dealing with the other other aspects of your life like photography and stuff just because like yeah i mean hard, it man. could be i don't think i've like dived deeply into thinking well why have i gotten so much into running the right. past few years because because i have it. like it's it's overtaking like my summers and i'm so <laughs> passionate about it um which is yeah. great like yeah. I'm, I'm actually really in enjoying getting into something that over the past few years is is fresh to me right. um although I've, al i've always been like pretty decent at running but i've yeah. never run like over half a marathon until like the past few years right wow. um so so for me like what's cool like running just cleans my head mm -hmm. um and then yeah the challenges like in endurance challenges is is becoming like a thing for me now like well just doing something you never thought that you could do before yeah. and, and getting to it like it, it feels really awesome and i think yeah it naturally connects as being being a goal-oriented human being it just right. connects kind of to that and and maybe it's different to my photography but surely like it helps with my with my creativity and mm. and like being able to drive myself to get to where i want to be um mm. which is cool yeah yeah are you competitive like are you like when you're there are you like um i think i never used to be but i'm, <laughs> I'm more competitive than i right. want to say i am yeah, right like i try to be humble but I'll, you're still like yeah exactly yeah. like i am i am <laughs> i am competitive like, yeah yeah like you play like monopoly or cards or anything against me like you'll see it come out yeah right yeah it, it, it gets nasty pretty easily i think that's what um, <laughs> i mean it's it's competitive is as an entrepreneur as like a as a freelancer a competitive spirit's key i think yeah it's important because you don't i mean you need to have that drive to keep going and finding work and doing the work and finding the work again and yeah i think a trail running is an extreme especially in the 50k 50 mile whatever one you're doing yeah even the 20 i mean 25 is a lot but and that's even why like i love the trail running i've done a bunch of races i did like a couple of races this past year like yeah. including the squamish 50 um and and it's not necessarily that i showed up to it like at, at my peak i think i could have trained harder but then i show up to it and i The experience is cool, don't get me wrong, and, and it's great, but I don't necessarily enjoy competing in these races because like, I become over-competitive. And ah, suddenly right. I care so much about what place I am and if someone like if someone just like overtook me when I'm feeling like slow or or, or you know, like right. suddenly I care too much about it where it should be just about my personal experience and what difference if if i come in first or if i came in last like mm -hmm. does it, it shouldn't matter that's what i'm trying it to should, say but it, it, it does it kind man. of overtakes yeah dude overtakes that experience for me too much so right. so i think like in a sense i don't really enjoy doing these run races and just want to set out these goals for myself like if i want to go run a marathon in the mountains like i'm gonna go right. do it I'll, i'll do it for me right you know and not not through a race it's i mean i find it like yeah i just if you are competitive anytime you get into a race situation it's hard to put that yeah. aside it's tough you <laughs> yeah. you want to you want to say yeah. that you will but yeah 
but it's tough. Uh, for sure. I'm, I'm not, I'm not super competitive, but there's times I'm like, I get that way. Like I find myself kind of like, okay, wait, chill out yeah. for a minute. But, um, just those, I mean, <coughs> I feel like those endurance races, endurance, anything is like, it's a competition with yourself and you have to be competitive in that respect or you won't finish the race if you yeah. can't even compete with yourself. But yeah. yeah um, or do you feel like you've in, in the past, like being over competitive? I used to be all competitive with work, with jobs. Yeah. Like I thought I, I thought I was going to have a better job and I like try to like get a job. Like I've heard someone get a job, you like kind of get jealous or something like that. And then I was really like, I'm getting competitive about a job and it's taking up most of my yeah. life. I just stopped doing that. But then when I think of, that's kind of, maybe just trying to be funny. Yeah. Trying to be funny. I get competitive with that. If I tell a joke in land or somebody else is funny me, funnier than me around me. Yeah. I try to be funnier. But it sounds like so, you know, basic, but it's, that, but it's probably that. Nothing really like, if I was a, a freelancer, I think like I'd probably get that competitiveness back. Yeah. It's easy when, not easy, but if you have a job and you, you just work at an office or you work somewhere, you do your job, you're good at it. But yeah, as a, I haven't been super competitive outside of like, not with work recently anyway. Yeah. But yeah, not, nothing sports wise really. Well, your industry should be pretty chill. Yeah, yeah, everyone's pretty <laughs> chill. Yeah, no one's competing. There's compete, <laughs> qu- competing about Only growing. good vibes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Who's got the best grass? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Comp- I think competition is good, man. I think when you're younger, I think like there's, you know, if like children and stuff now are being just like given awards for not so much in Whistler, but in like, I think in bigger cities, people are just given awards for participation. They're not mm. really challenged. Yeah. I think that's competitive spirit keeps people more successful in life. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's good though. Um, we were talking about, um, um, oh, we talking to bring it up um anyway i'll move on here what's that you got me on hold like yeah damn I br- I what forget. were you talking about i'll bring it up I'll, <laughs> I remember, it'll, pop, it'll pop my head later um but hey wait so you you have five covers you said right yeah, yeah okay yeah so um i want to ask you so is it since you're um from israel and it's there's not like the ski scene you came to is here yeah what, where's your most of your success happening? Is are you like known in Europe? Like, or where or is it a mix of no, like Canada? here, okay, here, right, like completely okay. here. I'm right. not necessarily. I I started off in Europe, like, well, basically, like go back, like after I finished my military service, and we can like get into mm. that afterwards. Say, yeah. But I I ended up like spending a winter season with with friends, like as as Israelis. We finished three right. years of military. Like all you yeah. want to do is, is like that mandatory? get out, see the world. Yeah, That's mandatory. It is. Oh, yeah, okay. it is. Right. And all you want to do is like get out, see the world, travel. So you like go to Asia, to South America. For me, I went straight away and I spent a ski season like with friends and um, right. ended up connecting that winter with like the CEO of Israel's largest um, ski snowboard, like winter sports travel company. Oh, really? Right? Oh, and, cool. and, and ended up doing like some photos for them during that year. And the next summer, they like hit me up and like, what? Do you think about working for us the next winter, this upcoming winter, traveling around all of the resorts we work in in Europe, <laughs> really, and uh, and taking photos like Sick. for full winter, right? That's legit, Making dude. salary and everything, <laughs> basically like, dude. I was like, where do I sign? Yeah, sign me up. That's um, legit. Yeah, I read okay. the contract still. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm joking, but uh, yeah, and I spent like that next winter traveling seven different countries all around Europe. Like, cool. I think I did like 25 ski resorts. Wow, full on winter, like it was yeah. insane. I was just traveling trains, flights, Sick. buses, like making my way between resort and resort that they work with. Yeah, um, and that was kind of a cool stepping stone for me to to just like 
get into it and 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 just like realize where I want to be and yeah, um that's and cool. yeah and and yeah it's it's pretty interesting but so I'm like having moved to here a few years later um I I've really like progressed my my career and business right. and and my brand here in North America right, so okay. I'm mainly like working with North American athletes right. obviously so many like in the sea to well, sky and then yeah. like with brands in north america yeah, right these days yeah what about but the magazine coverage is it yeah. mostly north america? yeah sure man right we can pull them up yeah for sure I just, yeah. i'm just curious uh what the um like say so you're shooting north american athletes but like are you getting um this is like the yeah so free skier free skier mag that's this? a shot of like simon dartwa local oh, guy from here half pipe um, guy ex half pipe guy right yeah 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 just like Sick. You know, I think that was a crazy, crazy day. Just got like the mountain life one. I thought they did one. like, yeah, they did like some cool matrix like graphic on it. Yeah. Um, Who's this? Like the future issue. That's Alexi Godbot. Oh yeah. Uh, we were shooting it during like a trip My down in the Callahan here um, for the blank movie. Cool. Yeah. Ski Canada. <laughs> Ski Canada. That's yeah. right. No kidding. This thing's still around, yeah. hey? It's going, man. Who's that? Uh, that's Robert Aring. He's a Norwegian guy. Crazy strong skier. Like, he's hitting some of the biggest stuff you've ever seen. Really? We just connected, like, a few years ago because it's, it's not a new shot. It's no. from a few winters ago. Um, just this ice cave, like, formed naturally. Where was um, it? Oh it's, in the, oh, it's here. It's, it's, like, here. Do you know where it is? I don't know if we should be giving away the spots here, but no, we don't have to give away the spots. Yeah, it's in it's in the black home back side of something. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you skier. Got yeah, SBC skier here. Um, also big. an older. What's well, a big shape? It looks, feels like a bigger size than you're used to. Maybe I'm wrong. What the magazine itself? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's all like different sizes. Who's that? Uh, Jules Mandin. He's a French kid. Right. Also like an absolute Buried. slayer. Yeah. And this is also shot whistle black cool. home and. Um, and then we've got like, oh yeah, France. Um, shot of Charlie Cohn in uh, in Hokkaido Charlie on my Cohn. Japan trip. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got like another one or two coming up. Right. Like, the Sick. next month, but that's cool. Yeah, man. this all happened like in the span of one month, so it's been like. like but you knew it was coming, right? You submitted them, and they don't. Or they just I submitted them, but some of them were like complete. They don't tell like, you, right? They tell you, yeah, right. they tell okay. you, but. You don't necessarily know you're getting the cover. Like the Ski Canada one, I, I just saw it like on their right. social media. And I was like, oh, okay, but wow. That photo's old. Did, did you submit that photo to them a couple of years ago or something? There? And they just I've used been it submitting again? that photo for like the past three years. <laughs> Same with the one of SBC. I've <laughs> really? been submitting that photo for like a few years. Really? And and no one like published the SBC one and, and asked Andrew Bradley, the editor, like why now? I've been sending you this photo for like the past three years. Yeah. And he's like... It grew on me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I guess so, right? And I get it. I get it. Sometimes you need just a photo to, like, grow on you and, and brew. And, well, and then you just connect to that to that moment in that photo. Because right. Jules is just skiing a perfect moment of, like, light and power. Well, and you can't like tell. One tree. And you, you, it could be anywhere in the world. It could, it could also be, be you can't tell what year it is because you can't tell what gear he's wearing. Like, all that no, kind of stuff, right? No. There's lots yeah. of mystery in that photo. Yeah. So it could, it could and, like... It's not gonna like you're not gonna see like last year's jacket or something no. like that, which is easy. Yeah. No, that's what I'd never do. Um, that's cool, man. Um, do you think you're gonna shoot? Uh, like, do you submit photos for, for running and stuff now too? Do you do? I've started to. Yeah, I just started to. I was kind right. of like concentrating this summer on shooting more running and just yeah. doing like 
for fun and and I shot quite a bit um quite a few projects like even right. like during this photo contest uh, it, it was called the photo expo by the way the one we did in squamish so yeah. ju just did like a bunch of shooting all summer long um just being opportunistic and uh yeah i'm i'm submitting a bit and kind of my game plan with that um is is kind of taking what i've learned from the ski and snowboard industry and applying it on my trail running photography and right. and we'll see if it can be something that complements my my winters cool. and, and just doing more of it more photography for trail running in summer but then i also don't want to like lose my passion towards it by turning it completely into a job right that can happen that Fast. that's kind of what i felt with skiing you know and mm. it's just like now i'm a bit more motivated and stoked about the skiing itself but when you turn your love and passion into into work you can get consumed by that yeah man yeah i think that's like my love and passion for weed so yeah. maybe get a weed job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh, you have to have a side, like something that's not, in my opinion, it's got to be something. I mean, I, I'm scattered with what I do, but I think you have to have something on the side that's a bit healthy. Like, yeah. I have a full time job. If all that's all I thought about, I would just be, I wouldn't have the, I wouldn't have that escape. So maybe for you, like photography is skiing is your full time. And I guess you can focus on running, just kind of get your mind off. Yeah. And give you, might give you new perspectives and new ideas into how to shoot skiing or vice yeah. versa. Right. Yeah. And it does. I'm always like, it, when running in the mountains and stuff, yeah. you come across stuff and, and it helps creativity. Right. And your mind is like, when you're running for your mind's on fire time, too, right? your mind is like, you're in your own zone yeah. like with yourself. Plus, like, I, I hardly ever run with music. Like, sometimes I do, but okay. just with, like, when you're running alone, wildlife, bikes could be coming sure. if you're running yeah. on, like, bike trails and just, like, I'm terrified of cougars. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. man, well, I'm you, terrified man. of that thing just <laughs> jumping from kill behind. You. And, yeah. you know, so I don't really run with, like, headphones when right. you're running in the forest or the alpine. Uh, and so you're there with yourself most of the time in your own head and, and you get into a zone where you're, like, just going you're flowing and and it leaves you with a lot of time just to sink a lot of time in your head i think and really true runners most of them maybe i'm speaking on my ass here but i feel like real true runners don't take headphones they all just run um like, some do like they'll it, get in like doesn't it fuck with your cadence and your pace and everything else like because the songs are different and yeah it could like it's really specific I, on the songs you pick if you pick i will certain. sometimes like right Okay, so like in the Squamish 50, I actually had um, not running the whole thing with music, but if I felt a little you. low or like it's a climb where I feel like I need to pump up in motivation, I had like there. a playlist that was oh. on my phone and I had like one headphone coming up. It was like just right. sat here and I could just pop it in my ear hmm. and, yeah, and hit cool. play and like it would give me a boost of motivation and listen to like one, two, three songs at a time, put it down just to like get that motivation uh -huh. boost. And I think I did like a few times during That's the cool. run when you feel like you're going, you go for a lot of ups and downs because right. it's such a long day, man. Like, How long is a 50-kilometer run? Like well, six hours? It was actually like 52 kilometers, and I did seven hours, eight minutes, which oh. was pretty good. Yeah, it was sound, pretty good know, for that. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, Who's that guy? Miriam uh, Treasure. Uh, guy lives around here. He's from Czech. Marian, yeah, yeah Marian, yeah, Marian, right? Yeah, Trigger, he's, yeah, yeah. he's one of my buddies. We yeah, run yeah. together like all the time. I was like, gonna ask him. Yeah. Like, this reminds but me. I'm like, am I... damn, he is a good runner. He's he's legit. strong. He's yeah. legit. Yeah. yeah. I was um, like in my head. I'm like, I know you. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you guys run or hang out. I'm like, I didn't wasn't yeah. sure, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's, he's 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 a fast, good guy, right? and we go do adventures and stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
he's fast. He's yeah. fast, but he specializes in like half marathons and stuff. I, right. Then he, he hasn't win really the f- like gotten into ultra marathons, but I think I think he's thinking of doing more of that right. like this year. And yeah, yeah, he's 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 strong. He's motivated. Fuck, he's quick. What's yeah. your what's your training program like? Um, like last year it used to be well. Two summers ago, Panic I was run. on like a, f- a good, proper like training program okay. where like Christian, who's my good friend, and also yeah. he was training me as well, right? Like we had an Excel sheet. I was like on a oh, training program. Nerdy like, about it, right on. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah like cool. running like um, four times a week, and he'd right. give me feedback and um, and everything like after each run. Um, and you kind of see that progression every week. Yeah. Was this summer? And I was I was too loose. Like right. um I was still <laughs> able to like hit my goals. Maybe yeah. I wasn't as strong coming into them as I could have been, but I feel fine about that as well. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to enjoy summer too and I wanted to emphasize doing more trail running photography. So like that would yeah. kind of sometimes take the place of just like going out and like training hard and I had like my parents come out for two and a half weeks in the middle of summer and wanna show them around and stuff. So You didn't take so them. like you didn't take them yeah. running with you? I, I still did some runs. Yeah, yeah I yeah. still did. Like we went camping um in Tofino for a few days and cool. I did like I did like a big run just on on like Long Beach and yeah. um then we did like I took them hiking up Joffrey Lakes. Oh cool. And sent them up hiking in the meantime, like run up to the peak, oh, yeah. down to the <laughs> well not the peak, like to yeah. the top lake. Sure down to the parking lot and then up to the top lake again so like that was just like part of my training so i kind of made it happen but i wasn't as strict i wasn't i was not running like four times a week i guess i don't think my nutrition and like just stretching was on point but you think do you think that helps you like (coughs) not burn out you know like you're if you're not trying to win the races are you trying to win the training like you just you just enjoy it you know i think if you if you start to sacrifice your life for things and you want a certain goal. Sure. You have to sometimes do that, I guess. But yeah. if you're just running, like, I know you want to do well, but if you're not yeah. running to like win, like, or to like, you know, break a world record or whatever. Yeah. You so can just, just keep it as fun. Be realistic about it. Keep it yeah. as fun, you yeah. know, and that's been something I've emphasized with, with running this year. Right. And I feel good about it. Yeah. It's okay. I maybe didn't train as hard as I could have as strict. I might've been able to run like the Squamish 50, 15 20 minutes faster but yeah. like it's all good you yeah. know i feel good about it and um and yeah i just want to i want it to remain fun for as long as it can i think don't they make you run a ton isn't the military all about running Were you in the military? Um, yes and no it's like all the training is yes like and I'm, no i always like, see like this is so dumb but i always see like in movies everyone's <laughs> always running we do um we do running but not as much as you would think like Actually, just like running light when you can run in like shorts, t-shirt, running right. shoes, like that's actually one of the funnest parts. Like yeah. it, it's actually like more of a chill thing because um, they make you run like, like all your boots and your you, gear. They and everything, make you right? run with all. Of your, Fuck, that's what's tough. Like, is is that you're doing more stuff with all of your gear, with your super heavy vest on, with your right. rifle on, with your helmet on? Yeah, you're doing like these overnight like. 55 kilometer marches and then you you like started like damn 6 p.m or like sun sunset like 6 7 p.m right. you end up like finishing it in sunrise so you're like marching non-stop like right all all night long like every hour every yeah. hour they stop for like five minutes every hour yeah um 
did only you said like never said the moment you said you're done you're like you're falling asleep you're like you're never getting you're never getting up they make you like drink a ton of water refill your bottles and just keep marching like all night long and then towards the end they like you open up the stretchers and you've got like eight guys working on one stretcher where you either like like 30 seconds on 30 seconds off 30 seconds on 30 seconds off and you really do, like the last like eight 10 kilometers with those open and man it's tough Fuck. it's tough so so whenever you get a chance to just go run yeah and be light like that's that's, that's a, a treat <laughs> that's a treat yeah, i right. enjoy that right okay like, I'll, I'll take that any yeah. day yeah. well that's a huge i mean it's a contrast for sure i mean it's obviously yeah. like and the the motivation for like your training uh to potentially see combat or you're or you're training to run in the forest as fast as you can yeah it's two totally i mean obviously totally different things totally different things yeah totally different things but it, I, made, I would, it would just would have made you a good i mean it made you a good runner once you got to the point where you weren't wearing all that gear even just um, even just marching all night again yes and no i think Cause it isn't, isn't it about like a mindset of like isn't running I've been I've been told I understand that as you get older you become almost better at like long distance running because your mind you've learned to get your mind yes, into it more. Yes, your mental game. Yeah, it's been your trained. mental game has been trained, and I think right. I think more than the physical and and fitness aspect that I took say from my time in the military from three years in it. Yeah. I think it's a mental game. Right. It, it's being able to to face challenging moments. Yeah. Where you like so damn tired, so damn beat up, like physically right. mentally and just like keep going yeah. and that's what i think has benefited me for like trail running sure and has what benefit i think it's just like benefited me with everything yeah. like everything from the day i finished my military and all the goals i've set for myself and yeah and being here now where i am with my photography career um like i i think like so much of that goes back to the mental side that i received like in my time in the military right the character that it builds yeah you know you you forced into these uncomfortable tough moments physically and mentally and you gotta you just gotta go through it there's there's nothing else you can do you just gotta like walk through it and keep going walk through the fire walk through the fire yeah ultimately you know it is a, it is that 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 like the ability to keep going through stuff like this that focus yeah it's easy to get sidetracked on stuff yeah and not have that focus if you're like oh and get pulled in the wrong direction so easy especially when someone's like offering something that seems like a little bit easier than the path you're taking you're like yeah, yeah you know i could do that sure and you're like and then you're like fuck i shouldn't have done that yeah yeah it takes, i mean it's hard to stay focused but uh it's it's so much re- so much reward when you do yeah because there's a bit of sacrifice there too right totally always like what, when you've, you've always wanted to be a photographer, like when you're in the military, were you like, did you want to, did you like, you, it's mandatory, you said, right? Yeah, so. it's, it's three years. So we go in, it's three years for guys, two years for girls. And, um, we go in when you're 18. So you just finished high school. You might've right. had like a few months off and, um, and then you ride into it. Were you ever, were you ever like, I want to do this or you just, did you do it? Like, um, what's the mindset so, going, so the, going in basically it's it's an interesting situation in israel where at least like the envi- your environment kind of dictates i think your military service so i come from an environment that is very much like pushes you to succeed work okay. hard right. um which is kind of israel as a whole but okay. um you kind of go into the military very very motivated to to do your best to succeed right. to get as far as you can to like 
progress into maybe like being a commando officer down the road. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, and I went into the military like very motivated, very motivated right. to be, to be good, to be good and, and succeed. And I ended up um, being a commander for like a year out oh, really? of my three year service. Yeah. Like a squad commander of 12, oh. 12 um, soldiers. Did you see combat? And, um, I don't know why I just like, did the gun. That's really not inappropriate. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I kind of like, I'm pretty thankful that the three years that I was in were um, were pretty quiet. Like, okay. I mean, yeah, we didn't have sure. anything major. There was no like major operation with right. Gaza or with Hezbollah or anything when I was in the military. Yeah. Um, funny enough, like shit went down like the day I finished. Really? The day I finished. Yeah. Which was crazy, but um, yeah, like my you do you see a lot like yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like you you would like stuff's always always happening but my three years were fairly mellow as far right. as as far as it can get you but, know gr and growing up you're like as a kid your life was like there was no wasn't chaos around you there's what it wasn't chaos like it no, was, man, yeah, it was life pretty in normal Israel, right just like yeah, it's it mellow it's normal yeah yeah okay of course. Cool. right yeah yeah like stuff is is happening and it always does but it's funny when you like born into a reality, it's almost normal to you. Right, okay. And and sure. when you don't have it, like I don't have it here, everything's like you well, know, if anything all, happens all here, great, it's, all yeah. dandy, you know, like yeah. all all cool and it feels like it feels strange without that like day to day easy. like struggle and, and stuff right. going down. Um So you did your fourth year wasn't a mandatory year as you were you were commander. No, I did three years. Three I did years. I did three years. One out of those three was as oh. a commander. Oh, okay. And then I had the path where I could go and become an officer. Right. Um with some people go down and, and can eventually end up in a military career. But right. for me it was it was never gonna be like right. something that I really wanted to. It's like it the military is such a love and hate relationship, like you love it, but you hate it. Like yeah. all you want to do is be home, do, right? Did you go to school and there? Do they put you through school when you're doing those three if years? If you turn it into a career. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So like if I if I continued on to be an officer, I'd have to like basically sign a contract where you you committed for another year and eight months at a minimum. Right. Um and then once you completed that year and eight months, that's where People are facing the decision whether they want to full time, whether they want to turn it into a career, and mo most like most like end at that one like after four right. years and eight months. But yeah. for the for the folks who want to turn it into a career and yeah. actually fit that, because it's not for everyone. No, of course. Right? Then that's when they start like sending you to school, and okay. and you get like education through through it, like. A lot of guys like study abroad and then come back with a degree and oh. and and they they start like plugging them into like key spots and like if they're, whatever the degree relates to, whatever the degree relates to in some yeah yeah it it huh. all depends on what you you did right right in the military and what kind of your path was for me personally it was in in combat hmm. yeah um, it's interesting I mean I I've never been there I've never really been involved in the military aspect of any of any country or life at all it's interesting to think that. Um, if it's mandatory, uh, what that would mean, like the structure and the discipline and, and the kind of the way, the, the way you kind of get trained to the military is good, yeah. I think in some respects. And so I'm curious what our culture would be like over here if we, if, you know, if mandatory, uh, three-year service was still like put reinstated. Yeah. I think at some point every inscription was 
mandatory, but like, you know, like draft dodgers, that kind of stuff from the U.S. But I think it'd be interesting to see what our cultures would be like with yeah. that. I think, you know, first of all, I I, I, guess I think mili- with military, the, the most important thing is that um, in Israel, it's out of necessity. It's, it's, a it's very out apparent. of necessity. It's right in front I of you. I don't think like if, if you looked at Canada, right, and, and, and stuff like life here, it's not a necessity. No. Um, however, that being said, like having gone through that, I think it propels you just to a different level of maturity. Mm-hmm. And, and sure. Like for me, it was at age 21 and, and feeling like I... I already knew what my goals were. Like right. it's kind of been sitting on me what I want to do during during those three years and where I want to go with life. And um, and I think it just kind of gives you those those tools to to face challenges in life. Right. And it it turns you into just more of a mature human being. Right. Um, and yeah. not not for everyone, of course. And yeah. and not to say that here in Canada, no one's mature <laughs> at age twenty one. But like yeah. but like I think if you looked at it as as a whole, and yeah. if you ge- wanted to generalize things, like maturity level when when you've gone through military service is is at a different it's, it's at a different place, you know. I think so. Uh, whereas, whereas like kids here, like fin- or or most places in the world, like finish high school, eighteen years old, go into university, don't really know what they want to do, and spend most of their days like having a good old time and partying. College, you know, college days. Yeah. We we don't get that, but. You know, we we get it if we watch like American Pie or oh, or those films. Right. But that, that's what we think college is. Yeah, yeah. Because in Israel, you end up going to like to study when you're like 24, 25. You just a bit older. It's it's a different it's a different game. I think then. it's good that way. I mean, I yeah. think you know you get you you get a perspective on life and um, is university you have to pay for university in Israel? Uh, yeah, you have to pay. It's yeah. not. So it's free. not like in in the U.S. or or anything where it's not it's not extremely expensive. Right, it's probably it's like a few thousand dollars a month. So it's uh, not prohibitive. Sorry, for, <laughs> yeah. it's not prohibitive. Yeah. So people can actually afford to go. People can actually afford to go. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, That's the thing. Is like it's so expensive. I mean, I went to college, but it wasn't that bad. But yeah, I mean to leave it to have to try to, you know, get a reasonable degree and then come out with like sixty thousand dollars in debt or something like that. Yeah. Or whatever. And then yeah, you're not you're not studying for like sixty thousand right. dollars. It's yeah. it's nothing like that. Right. Yeah. I I think that um I think the culture of like having time off between high school and university yeah. is cool. Like the idea of like it's not a big it's not a big thing that happens in North America, but I know like especially living in Worcester, you see like a lot of people from the UK or from I was like, Yeah, I'm on my on my break yeah between high school Just and Just like on gap year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is cool. But I wonder how many people get derailed on the gap year and never go back. It happens. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder the ratio is if it's like People could be like, especially a, here. Especially yeah, here. you're like you're on a whistle for your gap year. Yeah, see ya. See you later. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't. I, although there will be like people, up people that come and go for sure. It's one of those towns where you make friends, you got to make them quick because you lose them fast. That's what's tough about here. Yeah, for almost, sure. Almost feel like I've put like me and like Charlie, my girlfriend, have almost like put some defense mechanism on you where you won't yeah. get. You won't allow yourself to become close, so close to point? someone because, yeah. like, you just end up like heartbroken when they leave. Yeah, you know. And you learn that, like, the first when you first get here, you're like, yeah. And you make. I remember when I first got here, I yeah. worked. In, I worked for Whistler Blackcomb, and there was like, you know, tons of staff and yeah. living staff housing. You have tons of friends. Everyone's fucking psyched because yeah. they that just got here. <laughs> and then, yeah, and I was I was 24, so I was a little bit older, but yeah. uh, everyone's fucking psyched. Everyone's having a good time, and then all of a sudden, like that that very end of that season, yeah, 90 percent leave. 
Yeah. And then you're in that second season now where you don't you don't meet that same gung ho crew of it's the first year. For you. Yeah, you like every yeah. year there's like a it kind of trickles away, but uh But then it's like some of the most powerful connections I've had have been with people where you know there's an end date mm-hmm, to that sure. friendship. Yeah. Cool. Right? Yeah. So you've like spent it's hard to manage spent a few months with maybe or or like gone met traveling and like spent a few weeks with. Yeah. And and you know there's always gonna be an end date, so you kind of like you you're all in on that yeah, on or, that relationship and friendship, yeah. you know? And it and it can become like really, really close, intense friendship over such a short period of time. I think mm-hmm. that's happened to me a lot. Just like yeah. having moved around so much and sure. spent spent a lot of time with with like completely different types of people. That year and that I you think traveled that's happened to me. That year that you traveled for the um uh Travel company, ski travel. Yeah, were you you solo most of the time? I was solo, but I was. They had so this company has like reps in every resort that they work in. Yeah, right. So like they're working in in like twenty something resorts all around Europe, and at every resort there's a rep that that receives like the guests flying from Israel and like shows them a good time for the week. It's yeah, it's kind of actually like a British concept in in Europe, but. Yeah, so so then I'm going around and meeting like 20 different people over one winter and staying with them in whatever apartment or hotel they're they're staying in, they've been put up in, and and just like develop a friendship with them if I'm staying right. with them for like a week and stuff. And yeah. then we've actually got like this group of of friends from that like from that season and, sure. and a few seasons like before that and. And now I don't see them all that much these days, but like one of the weddings we were at like in Israel just now a month ago yeah. was of one of those guys, right? Oh, cool. So so we were actually like a group of like 20 friends, you know, you're closer to some, you're less close to some others, but mm-hmm. you're just like ultimately like a, a cool group that was created through, through just like a season or, or a chance. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. I think it is pretty cool. And I think it's like there's the, the idea... Um, <laughs> When you have when you when you're strangers when you meet people there's when there's less obligation for some kind of return yeah you can be more open and be more who you are because you're not yeah. there's like a different idea that if I'm just if we're gonna be friends for the next two months or I just met you and you know we're, say I meet you on a train and we're gonna talk for two hours yeah that interaction is gonna end but I it's a it's interesting just to be able to have that freedom of not having an expectation or a history. That you can just talk to somebody. Like, it's really cool. That innocence yeah. of like, and then somebody you get talk to them, and you meet somebody on the bus, and maybe you still talk to them for ten years later. Who knows? But it yeah. is cool to meet people. Like, I kind of like when you're skiing on your own. Let's say, for example, and you're like ripping around, and you bump into a group of people that you know. Like, yeah. hey, you do a few laps. I find this it's almost more fun because you can just kind of like, okay, I'm out. There was no. Like you're like I'll go out the flow. Where do you guys want to ski? But when you go as a group and you get there, I'm like, where, where are we gonna go? Where do you want to ski? What run are we gonna take? And it's kind of hard to make a decision. Yeah. If you just rock up and meet, bump into two people, it becomes so much easier, and you just ski away. Do you go ski a lot on your own I, and just like I do? Yeah. People? It's I don't do it. I just kind of drone. I kind of like wake up in the morning, ski. I just kind of get up and go, and I forget just to kind of like maybe it's my head injury. I don't know, but I just kind of like get up and go on the mountain. I'm like, oh, I should have probably called somebody. Yeah. But I uh, also I just have different schedule than most of my friends yeah so but i like to ski with anybody with everybody but i ski a bunch solo yeah yeah cool. how about you you go up well, i guess you're always you're um with well normally i'm like shooting so so yeah. a lot of the stuff is yeah. is pre-planned but yeah some of my funnest days have just been like yeah. going out alone maybe without the camera and, yeah. and 
and yeah, like we know people in this town, and you end up bumping into people. Yeah, you know. Um, I might only have like I might so, have like two hours. That's why I go on my own. Yeah, you okay. Know, that's why. If I yeah, go so for the whole just, day, I wouldn't. Like, you'll just do like a couple laps with yeah. someone, and and or just like day. if I know I only have a couple hours, I won't. I just won't try to organize a group. Yeah, I just get up and go. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's nice. Sometimes yeah. it's nice. Like if I'm just doing some laps on my own, or you bump into people, and yeah. you end up sometimes like bumping into people you know, but you're not always that close to, and end up skiing yeah. with them a few laps, and it's like, oh, that's cool. That's or all fun. of a sudden you ski to the bell. You're like, man, it's three thirty. It's an awesome day. You were yeah. you're planning to go for the whole day. You just plan on going for a bit. Yeah, I think that's we, it's kind of full circle here because we talked about skiing and how it kind of. You know, when you first came here, you met a dude and like, you, yeah. you know, you became friends. So it's, well, we met through skiing. Yeah. My buddy, Chris, like yeah. he spent the season in teen in France, which was where I was spending that season. Yeah. And I just like, he was speaking on the chairlift with an, what I thought was an American accent. Mind me, I didn't know too many Canadians then. He was like, dude, I'm like Canadian, um, not American. I don't think he was that pissed with me, no. but we just like ended up just connecting on a chairlift cool just because i i heard like a north american accent and you don't get many of those coming to ski in france you get like no. brits yeah you get a lot of brits but you don't get a north american accent so i was just like curious and we just started chatting ended up skiing together a little bit that day cool skiing during that season and and you know here we are you know yeah i think it's done a lot for a lot of people i think it's like there's those sports People are so say, you know, if it wasn't for hockey, I'd be this. If it wasn't for something, I'd be this, whatever. Yeah. Um, skiing just that sport where I think it's really common to be like sleep on someone's couch, get picked up at the airport. Yeah. And you ride somewhere, you need to hitchhike. Because I think, I mean, in Europe, hitchhiking is part of your daily experience skiing sometimes to get back to the lodges and get, you know, you ski somewhere. Yeah. And I think. It can be or, or tough though. Train or whatever. transportation between sure. places. Yeah. And I didn't have a car then. Oh. L not in Europe. I wasn't yeah, no. living there. I was just spending my winter. So I was based right. in a place, but I was completely relying on public transportation. Yeah. It's tough. But it's it's a lot more... I mean, you, relying on public transportation here is ridiculous, but you can't get from town to town that easy around here. No, you can barely get like to Vancouver and back. <laughs> <Yeah>, I know. <laughs> but, but, uh, but in Europe, I guess at least the transportation there has a better infrastructure, even just like it yeah. goes more Oh, it, totally. It's way better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I have a buddy coming up... I, in in like a few weeks here and i think he lands at like 6 p.m and i'm looking at like bus schedules and there's hardly any way for him to get up i think there's like one company that's super expensive from the airport that he mm -hmm. can get up with but like 6 p.m and you can't get up from vancouver to whistler it's i think insane. the last bus is like, yeah, like seven o'clock or something before i can crazy. get crazy yeah like i that's... i think it's seven o'clock in like peak season like january yeah. february yeah not in in slower season if it you... isn't I mean, then you're kind of screwed. You're pretty screwed. Unless someone comes and picks you up. And that's why, like, it's funny when you look at Facebook, all you see is, like, who's going from the airport to here, like, when this time yeah, of year? Or, yeah, like, I do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's because, but that's, again, the culture is people do help with that, you know? Yeah. Like, I think uh, just skiing and just traveling and being in the spots where everyone's kind of, like, the historical dirtbagness of skiing has given people the idea that, like, you sleep on a couch. Yeah. You know, you come from, you just, just all you can do is pay for a lift ticket and sleep on a couch. Yeah. It's pretty it's cool. It's funny. Like how much of that, like you say, the historical skiing dirtbag, you, you don't really live that lifestyle. No, you can't. And, I mean, I, I don't really live that lifestyle. I don't know that I ever lived that lifestyle I in didn't. Canada. Yeah. Um, 
But so what like, I'm saying is, like, what I'm saying is, like these little these bits of it where like it's like the support of like being able to get that ride or get those yeah, things. Yeah, totally. That's like, like in in the spirit of it. Well, it's just the spirit and, and that community aspect yeah. is is there. The dirtbag ski thing is pretty much impossible to do now. Tough. Not yeah. this. Pl- I like it would be tough in Whistler. Oh, it is. I, it? I don't think it, I don't even think it's possible here anymore. I don't know any. If mean, you did like staff housing and. Well, I don't. I guess like a, I guess the definition has changed a bit too. Because mm. we used to be like dirtbag skiing. This have you ever heard of this guy Crucial Mike? No. So he sounds a, like a character, though. Yeah, he's a Whistler character. I don't yeah. think he lives here anymore. I, don't, I literally don't know his his story beyond um, when I when I when I knew he was here. But he's got these videos where he would like show you how to like you know get food from the roundhouse oh like, no off way. trays and like how to make like ketchup and water soup and stuff oh my like, god so like, here's those stories <laughs> yeah and there's also you know you live in the squats like around town but that's yeah. i mean that's that's i no don't know longer. how many people could do that in whistler these days there's that lady who lives on the side of the highway uh she's been there since fucking i pretty much moved here no way yeah she squats she's i think she's she's a little tiny lady she's got gray hair she's always on the highway carrying water getting rides getting no hitched. way yeah and i think she lives just um anyway i'm not gonna give away she lives but yeah everybody in whistler i know she don't give it away yeah, she lives, yeah she's been there doing it forever really yeah and i don't i mean it's not a secret you know no. everyone sees her she's just been here forever it's like yeah. she's just she probably has squatter rights on that property i bet it's probably a piece of prime prime real estate <laughs> she just comes with whistler as it is yeah yeah um you got plans for travel at any time coming up? Other than, I mean, you just got back from Israel, but are you yeah, going? just got back from Israel yeah. and England, England now. Um, amazing trip. Yeah, uh, not you know, like not too many plans for this winter. Right. I think I used to try and overplan my winters a little bit, and then you just end up like either closing certain doors that it just open up in in winter or. Yeah. Or just like getting disappointed when things don't go to plan. Right. And I find in our industry, which which can be a bit like, you know, like a bit too chill or broy broy at times. Nothing um, when you're trying to make a living out of it, it can be a challenge. But <laughs> right. I think opportunity just like presents themselves throughout winter, depending on conditions, sure. what crews are doing, what brands are doing, because... Even like brand wise, like you, you worked with with brands in the industry, mm-hmm. plenty, right? Changing, and and you just know mind. that like people are not always brands are not always on top of their plans and and game. Yeah. They're just not, and and so trying to overplan can be a little bit frustrating. So just like my my way of going about it now is like leave my schedule pretty flexible, pretty open, yeah. except for some like ongoing contract work, which is great to have. Yeah, but of course leave it pretty flexible and stuff yeah. is going to happen. And then you can be the guy who's able to say yes at the right time and the right moment and jump right. on opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially with, I mean, editorial wise, I guess there's like, obviously, you know, that slows down as far as money goes, but trips and stuff are still happening. But yeah, um, I mean, obviously the work is that you want is like commercial work or more like that. Kind yeah. Of commercial paid. and like brands working with brands, yeah. um, creating their photos and then tourism. Yeah. I want to be. I want to be oh, doing yeah. like a bit more like tourism, yeah. you know, tourism board. That's they that's where money. a lot of yeah. where a lot of the a lot of the money is sitting yeah. these days. Tourism's big, especially like uh, on the West Coast for sure. But I mean, when I worked for in the industry, yeah, there was tourism. There was always tourism trips and like media trips and fan yeah. trips, that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> it's crazy. Um, I think it's been about an hour, an hour. So what else? We got anything that we missed? You want to talk about? 
I don't know. We talked about a lot of things. But yeah, like, we wove um, around a bunch. I, I just kind of cut us off track a few times. But want to um, talk a bit more about like coming from Israel and the cultural. I'm yeah. I guess I guess I want to. I guess because I'm naive to that to that area, and I I mean I I understand there's conflict in in um in a lot of that space, but I I don't know. Like I, as far as timelines go, like when you said you know your childhood was pretty normal and stuff, yeah. like um, and then when you said you when you left uh, the military, that's when shit kind of broke out. How? No, there was just like something, some like right. something like kind of shit a little bit hit the okay. fan. There wasn't like something major. Oh, okay. The day I finished, it's right, not. Okay. It, it's always like ongoing. There's always like how far stuff like, happening. How, how far away did does your family live from this like the actual action? So I grew up like small town next to Jerusalem. Okay. Um, which is actually like higher in elevation than like Whistler. Oh, really? <laughs> um, cool. Well, not like Whistler Peak, but the town right. itself is at yeah. like 900 meters. Oh, cool. Um, just like 20 minutes drive from Jerusalem. So, okay. so you're kind of close to it, but it's kind of quiet. But then at the same time, like just overlooking from my house, you know, like um, there's Palestinian towns right across the valley. So you're like right. seeing it every day, but I've never been there. So it's really odd. Like even just like going back now and like, Seeing it like having been away for 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 quite a few years now, like just seeing it, it's like it's an odd concept. Like as, so as, close uh, and yet so, so kind of close, like forbidden, far away. So type far thing. and yeah. now, I I just think like sometimes in the mindset of like trail running these days, and I'm like, man, I can like run there. Like yeah. I could just like run, connect all of these places and like running, but yet I can't. It's it's pretty insane. But um, my parents have actually moved a few years ago, so okay. they're right next to the beach these days which oh. is which is really nice like yeah. um sick. this this town like 45 minutes north of tel aviv What's so sick? they're actually in like a pretty like as f- i i guess as as peaceful of an area as, as there is these days in israel just like not much tel aviv is not much friction there but tel aviv was it's less like it was pretty crazy for a while, right? There's still it's it still is. just for like like if you're going back to like the second Intifada, which was the early 2000s, like yeah, yeah, 2001, 2002, there was shit going down okay, then with right. like um basically just like uh, terror attacks, like suicide terror attacks, which was yeah, which was terrible, like yeah, just like Palestinian terrorists would like explode themselves on a bus or in a restaurant Fuck, or. Or in a club, like it, yeah. it was. Those were tough days. Those were yeah. definitely like tough days, and that doesn't really happen anymore. Okay, right. Um, these days, thankfully, but you know, there's always stuff, and and yeah. I think like the without diving too much into the conflict, because sure. there are always gonna be like two sides to a story, yeah. and and media portrays what's That's happening there in, in 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 a certain ways that sometimes isn't isn't the the truth or like or just like sides of the story yeah you know? so i want to ask um, you sorry yeah go ahead yeah no go ahead so like i want to ask you so one thing i was curious about is, so when we talk about media and coverage like and your parents are there and you have family there how much are we exposed to through the general channels that we look at whether it's let's just say it's news channels or whatever like other than yeah. facebook and stuff but you mm-hmm. obviously talk, communicate with your family regularly what's yeah. how what's where what's the is the news accurate do you think just media in general but it's knowing you're coming from that, that i i think the news the news you'd get and and the funny thing is like now when i go online and stuff and where i get my news i i go onto like israeli news websites right. i don't like go on to cnn, CNN or bbc all that much like nobody should i'll, I'll look at my news in israel yeah. I'll, and i'll read it in hebrew so it's tough to say because i'm not always 
like following. You're not like, comparing. The both new, sides. I'm not really comparing, but I think I think you'd get like the truth, but not all the sides of it. Right. Okay. And I think that's what it is. Whether it's like pro-Israel or anti-Israel, such a thing. But yeah. But but yeah, it's it's just such a funny like. We we have a saying in Israel, which in Hebrew means uh, well, well in Hebrew it's zar lo yavinzot, which okay. is like a stranger will never understand, and without trying to like be too arrogant about things, sure, like sure. I I don't think that a stranger could could ever understand until he like lived in it. I don't, I don't understand and, and understand that and realize that cultures are culturally it is very difficult to find that common ground on both sides. Right. And, and surely there are two sides to a story, always to a conflict, and, um, and you got to hear both, both sides. Um, but it's such, a, such a, an, a, an interesting, like, deep-rooted situation yeah, where right. I don't, I don't think that anyone can really come in from the outside and tell you what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And that's that kind of goes to both to both ways, you know? Yeah. So obviously like I'm Israeli and I'm Jewish and, and my instinct is is gonna be like to take sides with the Israeli sure. side, which is what I do, right? But but then I, I do realize that you gotta like you gotta realize that there's there's two sides to every story mm-hmm. and, and coming from outside and, and you can't really make your own opinion to what you believe is right and what you believe is wrong because you've just never been in that situation right you know and and i being someone who like grew up there and being someone who's gone through like three years of the military yeah right even at my situation now i feel like i'm not educated enough about it to form to form an opinion that i feel is like is is like right compared to wrong it's just like so complex and and people way smarter people than me and way more educated in 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 this fascinating matter have like spent their entire lives and dedicated their lives to it and and still have not found a solution right. or resolution or co- any or common ground it's to hard. what it's worth that i just feel like even having lived it my entire life i'm i'm not educated enough about it to like right. form an such a solid opinion and 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 that's where it connects back like full circle into like a stranger will never understand it because a stranger has never lived in that situation in that reality Mm -hmm. and and to really like start realizing it and and come up with some sort of understanding and opinion you got to be emerged in that situation and live within it Um, and that's what i find such a challenge with 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 anyone like looking at, at at anything that's happening in any place in the world, you know, right. like we can look at what's happening in in Syria and we can look at what's happening in like Africa and and whatever. But the truth of the fact is that those cultures are so different to what you believe is like the Western world standard or or what you said to yourself in North America and the U.S. and Canada and. Yeah. And and unfortunately, you're just not living in that situation in Africa or wherever it will be to like form a a proper understanding and a proper oh, like, yeah. opinion to evaluate that situation. And 
and and yeah, it's just so complicated. It's complicated because it's also hard to find uh, like correct information. Like I know, like in North America, we just everybody just creates noise and like misinformation and like so much minutia and cloudiness that no one really knows what's happening or how like yeah. even to have an, even to get an educated opinion of both sides. So much screaming going on, yelling going on that it's hard to break through and actually find out what's right or wrong. Yeah, I guess in in like. Your thoughts on like locally with news media in in Israel and the way you, I see news happening here, we're just trying to confuse everybody. Is that yeah. the same thing? That's kind of media. Media does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Same thing. It's just oh, like, totally. Right. There's like it, just now. There's like crazy fucked up stuff happening in Israeli politics. It's right. it's just ridiculous yeah. right now. Like we don't it's, need to dive into it. You yeah, can like Google not, what's going on right now, but right. we're literally on the way to a third election in one year yeah wow and and bb who's been like our prime minister for 10 years which in my opinion like we definitely need to move on from just to like refresh things because yeah because in in israel like life is tough life yeah. is tough in israel and i think there's not enough going towards like just like living and getting through life it is right. really tough to get through life there and and i think on those social levels um our current prime minister is not has, has totally not touched those those subjects well enough and right. kind of neglected it under under like the emphasis of like what's happening with with the conflict in Iran and internationally mm. and and there's so many like just living life is tough in Israel Fuck. when you're trying to get through life just imagine like a country that's just as expensive as Vancouver Whistler mm -hmm. and yet people are earning way less money right that's pretty tough man that tough is tough here, it seems like it must and, be crazy. and that's not being that's not being touched that's right. not being solved and i think we need to move on and right now like bb has like a court case against him and we're on the way to another election and right. it's just like it's such a freaking mess right now I man i think it all is i, I mean i, I don't unless, i'm not i don't understand i don't know, know the scope of that ever but i feel like Elections are tough because every four years there's something new happening and no one can really get their, like, whether it's good or bad. I mean, you have these, it's never consistent and there's never, yeah. like, no one, if it's consistent, it's usually communism or something like that, right? Yeah. But, and then it, otherwise. That never ends well. No. I mean, Someone's always uh, going to take advantage of that situation. Yeah. It's crazy. Always. I don't know. I, I, that's the, I don't like to get too political because I think, like, yeah. uh, I don't know enough either. I do try to keep a little bit up to date so I can keep myself on a, on a decent path. But, um, like, I, I definitely, you know, ride the middle. But, uh yeah, I think I think it's frustrating when you know that there's you're not being told the whole story yeah. in media in general. But you like, do you would do you ever try to get your family to move here? Like, do you ever think they should just come and no, 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 no? It doesn't. It's just more like, like, no, I I don't. It doesn't. It's just, it's just, their life's fine. Like they're just, they're just they're just they're just living right. They're so, so connected to there. Yeah. Um, right. And um, the thing with Israel is that this is like for, forever as, until the day I die. It's it's no matter what. That's like who I am and yep. where I'm from, and I'm so connected to Israel, and I sure. I love it. And and in senses, I'm sometimes like very torn because my mentality and and like my my heart is still so much in Israel and my yeah. family and and my close friends and my country like that I've basically like I put my life on the line for for three years yeah. is, is is there but then I love my lifestyle here and and just everything about being here and my career and the outdoors and just suits my life um but but 
I'd never look at it as in like, I wouldn't try and move someone out of there and my family who are connected to that place because right. I'm so connected to it as well. Right. Um, it, it's it's not out of wanting to get out of there for one moment. Okay, not yeah, at cool. all. Okay. Not at all. It's, okay. it's actually, although I live here these days, my connection to Israel is so strong. Great. So cool. strong and it grows like... The more I'm, the more I'm away from it, like I, I, I want to spend time there. I want to spend time during, like every year there. Hopefully, like yeah. whether it's it's a month or or two or whatever. Like I want to be spending time there too. You know. Yeah, it's a cool perspective. Well, I mean, it's a great perspective to be able to have. Like you know, coming from that background and then coming to Canada and just being able to like understand the world as a like. You know, I've grown up in Canada. I've moved, or, or traveled around. I haven't like spent many. I haven't spent much time yeah. outside the country than like a few months here and there. But um, it's an interesting. It would put a really cool perspective on your thoughts on the world coming from you know somewhat vast, from different places. Yeah, and experiencing them both, but still having that love and connection for you. weren't trying to escape. You're just trying to try something different. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's good to have that. I mean, some people have to escape, I guess. But um, I was just, I'm just always curious about the way media portrays like what we hear compared to it's actually happening. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's like, it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's basically what it is. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like truth, a lot of faults and, yeah. and, and, and it's really complicated bottom line, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a tough thing to, to, to get around. And I think it's, if we, you know, there's so much shit that we listen to or hear and we can get in these echo chambers. And I, I've heard these words like narratives and what's your story in these echo chambers and these words are thrown around so much. It's just like, sometimes you want to stick your head in the sand and be like, I want to go skiing. Yeah. <laughs> just help me That's like, what's cool about yeah. being here is I feel yeah. like here, lifestyle can just consist of what, what we wish like everywhere in the world was. It's like mm. as, as far from the shit as, as anywhere really in this world. Like, yeah here maybe like places like new zealand i haven't been there maybe it's similar it's in a sense i think like it's pretty far from it isolated. but like we can concentrate on like playing in the outdoors and and being fit and eating the food we want and yeah and and hanging out with with friends like just like doing doing you doing what what life should be about for yeah. for most people in the world which is like doing what they want to do and what's cool and about this place is like people are from here from around the world. There's tons of people here from different parts of the world. So yeah. that's what's like that keeps this place kind of aware of what's going on. People do pay attention to global matters in this town. I think, yeah, in some respects because they're all from different parts of the world. Yeah. So like people like you, it's more of a topic of conversation than it is because there's people from all around giving their insights and input. Yeah. But then I feel like there's not, uh, not that many conversations about about global matters, and I don't know if it's like a bit of an escape for people coming here. Like Maybe, yeah. in a sense, you could say that there is a bit of an escape for me coming here. Mm -hmm. Although I, I couldn't live this lifestyle that I'm living here. If I was in Israel, I, I probably couldn't like make my photography a career. Definitely not shooting right. like action sports, which I want Right. But sure. like, I, I don't know if like people here, do you think people here are like too politically correct to like really like get to the, I into like talking about stuff like this? Like, cause I'm not really, Okay, I'm not. I, I, I think, how would a, I I think put it's it? people aren't like, that. I think there's a, people are political in this town, but I don't think it's as. Uh, I don't. I think there's a lot of people who are strongly, strongly political, and they have a loud voice and they mm -hmm. talk about it a lot. But I think 
people do come here to forget. I'm I'm not very strongly political. I mean, I definitely yeah. have my views, and I definitely you know vote certain ways. But uh, I I just maybe think that it's people are less engaged politically, and it's changing. Yeah. I think younger kids are ch- it's for changing for sure. But I think this these towns like escapes to come and live a life of you know gluttony and skiing and everything else. And we're but now we're this this town's growing up, and people are are more aware politically. Yeah. So, and I think the younger generation is making it that way. Yeah, I think in some respects, especially global warming is making things really political. That's exactly what so I was going to say. Climate change. In, that's making the things environmental really aspect yeah. is really like leaking into politics, and that's so and political. That's dragging people who are environment. Like yeah, it's dragging them into politics. Into politics, good. exactly. Yeah, like when you see like protect all winters, like it's literally great. talking about an election, right? Yeah. And and I'll be the first to tell you that I didn't really like I. I I can't vote right in Canada. I'm not a citizen, but all right. like I don't dive into Canadian politics all that often. Like right. I, I absolutely don't. But I feel like a place like Canada who doesn't have stuff like Israel has on its doorstep with with you know a conflict can actually lead by example in 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 setting setting like stu- environmental matters and right. and. And unfortunately, I think for so many countries and, and governments in the world where you've got so much shit in your day-to-day life going on, like you can't really, it, it's almost like you'll see the environmental aspect shoved down like to the bottom of the importance list. But of course it is so important, especially like today, we're kind of at, at a point where, at a point where if we continue, there's like no return and a country like Canada that is fortunate enough to not have too much shit on their plate. We have the time to deal with it. You have the time to deal with yeah. it. Not, you know? We don't have like the time frame, but we have the uh, the capacity, opportunity, like capacity the, to deal with it's it. It's almost like a mental capacity where in other places in the world, like it's, it's so under full with military so much turmoil stuff. and just shit going yeah. on. The environment's the last thing you do. You're trying to not get fucking bombed totally. or whatever, you know, totally. or gassed. And it's like, I, again, I, I can't jump on this like I'm an expert, but there are. That's a. I think that's a huge thing. I didn't really thought about it that way, but we people who have the capacity to deal with it should be dealing with it, and it's yeah. not. Why do you think there's so much conversation here in Canada? It's not just because we're in the outdoor world. Of course, that's a major part of it, right? And people who live the outdoor world, like like us, like it's a, a catalyst, more, a more you. maybe more deeply into into it, and right. and 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 push those environmental matters more. But but it's just as a whole, like people have more mental capacity and time to deal and get educated on these matters and and i hope that canada is actually like a country that can lead by example with those things i think i mean i think it should be i think north america in general should be i think um there are countries like i said like you said like if if you can if you have the the bandwidth to to at least like attack the subject or attack them you should because there's like yeah like let's if we, I, yeah, because some countries just can't, and everyone's got to deal with the climate change, but other people have to deal with their you know countries getting divided and you yeah. know citizens being like murdered and whatever else detained and stuff. It's like if our battle is the environment, let's make it our battle. Yeah, and let other people else travel. We'll help if we can to figure other people's you know country messes. But yeah, I don't know. I I think it's and also living in the mountains, you are more aware. If you live in the environment, you're more aware. If you live in a military environment, you're aware of military. You know. <laughs> And, and if you live in a, in a mountain environment, you're aware of you know, the mountains and the environment more. Yeah. I think it's definitely locational. But uh, it's a tough subject, man, because, uh, yeah, if you think about the people who are just trying to survive, 
the last thing they need they're trying to do is recycle they're like i need to get totally. food or something you know totally i don't care what the food comes in or where i'm gonna put the food i just need to eat the food and stay alive and drink clean water yeah um so i think there's luxuries that allow us the time to hopefully attack this problem yeah. but um yeah fuck we need some snow soon so we gotta fix that i thought we were gonna get some today you think so I don't know. That's what it said. <laughs> I think it's supposed to get. You said. What'd you say? It's gonna be like minus fifty go and like minus, fucking freezing. Like minus fifteen in a couple Jeez, of days. Man. Oh my god. Yeah. And yet we have no snow. Yeah. Like, here we're gonna start getting like minus fifteen and sun coming up. Oh man. I. Yeah. I. Dude, I don't know. I bought my pasture the first time this year, and I we haven't. It's probably the latest I've I haven't seen snow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But I think like. The matter of global warming doesn't mean less snow, more snow. It just or or hotter or colder. It just means like winters are not consistent. I think it's volatility. It's totally. Yeah. It's like yeah. a stock that's like soaring and dipping like right. crazy. It's I mean, there's no still... consistency. You right. can't be like, yeah, I know January is gonna be good and consistent. Like that, that's just not happening anymore. No, it's it's happened pretty quick though. Like I remember when even yeah. when I've like it's happened in the last fifteen years it's changed dramatically. You think like okay, I've only been here for a few years. When yeah. what year did you come out here? Two thousand and four. Two thousand and four. So take like two thousand and four, two thousand and five, yeah, which is like fourteen, fifteen years ago. Do you feel like your first few winters were more consistent? And I'm not saying more snow than like this year or whatever, like mm -hmm. just more consistent. What I remember is uh how long the season lasted for at the end. Yeah. I don't really remember big pow days, how much snow actually fell, but I remember these times where you had so much more snow and so much more base, like in yeah. the June and May, that May, right. June air time. So it just lasted longer. Yeah. So I would only then assume that either it was cold or longer or we had way more snow. But if you, right. look, if you look historically... But I don't think that you necessarily had more snow. No, because that's used, not where it's at. I used to do all the snow reporting for Whistler Black yeah. Home for like two years. Or like four and years some ago. of these past few years have been like, well, they call it like record years. Every year there's always like ups and downs. Some, some sort of record. There's always yeah well they, there's always a record when you're marketing there's person, a record. when you're a marketing person, there's always home, a, man. Yeah. we got we got to sell this place yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh, but consistent I mean historically in my what I remember and what I'm kind of what my knowledge is is that it's it's consistent within you know ten to fifteen feet a year yeah. variance but then yeah I just remember that yeah you just had snow longer and I don't really remember mm -hmm. it being I remember my first year here it didn't snow till like way into december and then really fucking really dumped like i think, I think that, that's what's gonna happen this year yeah i think it's like just not gonna snow till like mid-december yeah or or whenever and then it's just gonna and it opens up it always happens like yeah it always does you know it's funny this conversation happens so much it's like everybody's always yeah. talking about snow but like it's just that's so that's a, that's makes us so aware of the environment you know because yeah. we're always thinking okay when's it gonna snow right it's like uh I, I don't know we've had years where there was one year when i worked on the mountain um, it was like just before Christmas. Yeah. The storm was so bad that chairs were like whacking together. Like they were dinging. They were wow. Like, they're down. And I used to, we used to go first thing in the morning and the chair left to go to the rendezvous in the Glacier Creek on Black Home. And uh, yeah, then they had to take us down in snowcats because trees yeah. were falling over. It was so windy. They wouldn't no let way. us ski out. And the chairs were all stopped because they were, one of them, I guess, got tangled somehow or something like that. But they tried to take us down and like people move our snowcats. Yeah. And that was like piss and rain. It was a horrible day. Um, that's there's only a few days to stand out but yeah i don't know i, I mean it's always there's always a pow day i mean maybe there won't yeah. be in 50 years but ever since i've been here there's always been good pow days yeah yeah and since i moved here a couple of those winters have been like 
yeah. killer. The Wind glaciers so definitely. Good. I used to work on the glacier when I first moved up here, and the glacier's definitely fucked compared to what it used to be. They are, huh? Even that 15 years. Yeah. Dude. Uh, it's crazy to think in the span of like, like when you think of like the world on a scientific level, you're talking yeah. like billions of years. Isn't it insane to we're think like what a years? spec 15 years is? No, it's not it's even, like not even, it's not even a measurable. minute. Yeah. It's not even a minute in, in anything. It's Even it's, when I was a kid back in Ontario, back home, uh, these stories are fucking, I sound, like, I sound like parents right now, but even when I was a kid back home in Ontario, we used to have snowbanks massive. And I wasn't because I was yeah. short, the snowbanks were huge. We had a fucking ton of snow when I was a kid. And we saw it all the time. And now I go back and it's very rare they have these consistent, mm. it's, like you said, this consistency is gone. Yeah, the consistency or what you, what you think is consistent because they used to have the farmer's almanac they would have these things and that's all bullshit but the predictions you could always just predict it'd be a snowy or cold winter yeah and it just always was now yeah well I it's mean, about like the length like when when is when like the seasons are not as defined oh uh, yeah I feel like maybe it's just, it's, yeah it's just shorter or there's like just volatile yeah yeah but I I do recall like you know the late spring uh park sessions up on whistler or black home like yeah. really late in the year yeah you know and like um they still shut but they had tons of snow wow so i don't know probably just more yeah probably more temperature wise because mm. the i mean you need to have a certain amount of temperature below zero that effectively kills off certain like viruses and bugs and that yeah. kind of stuff too right so like when your winters get shorter uh doesn't it make it more like there's more beetles and bugs and stuff and, really? like viruses yeah. and like mosquito stuff because it doesn't kill it right so it affects like on on all fronts. Yeah, everything. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. Oh, let's let's not end on a on a shit note of the environment. No, I mean, it's a good, good note. note. But um, how did you find the coffee, by the way? Dude, it's really good. I, yeah. I want to keep drinking it, but I don't want to get the no. You mud kind of hit the sweet spot. Like I think I'll show you. I was you. trying the to measure muds. my glass to yours. I'm like, yeah. I still got time. The mud's at the bottom, right? So like just. Having drank this my whole life, I know where the sweet spot is. Yeah. Maybe I even like pushed it a tiny bit, but that's pretty. I like, that's where you kind of want to. You can't do it fast. You got to like oh, do a no. slow sip. You gotta. Yeah. You don't want to get any of that mud. It tastes fucking. It's really good. Like it. Yeah. And it's. Uh, I think the cloudiness helps it with just mm. like the drinkability. Yeah. Because if it was just really watery and like it'd just be that bitter kind of when you drink just you know dark just black coffee regular coffee, yeah. that's good. It's yummy. Um, and you can't get it here, huh? You cannot. Get it here. I'm sure you can get like Turkish coffee variations in Vancouver. I and have then, and then had just like put the a couple like that friends got and stuff, and it was crap. Oh really? Like you know, there's nothing like home, right? Yeah, for sure. Nothing right. like home. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show, dude. It's great. So I appreciate much, man. it, man. Uh, I hope uh, we have a good winter. I'm sure I'll see you again, and um, we'll be all right. Yeah. Knock on wood. Like. Yeah. It's gonna happen. Oh, this isn't wood. This is some shit. Oh, well, maybe some wood. shit. <laughs> maybe it's just it might be wood it might be press board yeah um, but we're finishing on a good note yeah and you good uh, note first day in my new studio yeah man thanks man Stoked. we didn't have any lights hope it worked out well um yeah. we'll do it again sometime for sure let's do it um let's and, get out uh, skiing this year a little bit huh yeah i'm down yeah for sure cool. uh i um i want to do a lot i don't have a i don't have any more obligations with the mountain sweet so i can just go any day You're free spirit now yeah no yeah. shit man for <laughs> sure cool well thanks um yeah uh, so what oh wait people can find you guy fatal uh uh instagram is your... yeah like you can find he's on like i do i do the instagram game yeah i took like a bit of a break it's good um, to do like, that 
after winter, which is yeah. cool because I think, wow, we didn't even talk like about social media, but that's a chat for a different day. Yeah. Uh, well, and, like, everyone, what we it does, it. like, mentally and stuff. And I'm sure you always talk about it anyway. It makes me depressed. I have to, yeah. I, I just, my Instagram is, my Instagram is now has been, for the last two days, been closed off, put in a folder on my phone that I cool. can't just roll to. Yeah. I, so like, trying to, like, not full do it on, like, days. took a break from it for, like, five months. Oh, really? After winter, yeah, until, like, until, like, my magazine work and stuff was starting to come out. Like, cool. I took, like, a break, but chat like, for boom, a different cover, day. But, yeah, boom, you can cover. find me, like, just Guy Fatal Photography <laughs> on Instagram, social media, or my website, guyfatal.com, and you know where I'm at. Taking pictures. Taking pictures. Skiing, cool. snowboarding, winter, whoop, whoop. trail running. Everything. Just just enjoying, enjoying time here. I'm trying to get a little more into it. Yeah. We've got, like, all the gear. Oh yeah, my girlfriend. She she like broke her ankle last uh, year on her gosh. first lead climb outdoor, so that's kind of set That'll us back, and tune. we're kind of scared a little bit. But we have all the gear. We just like we need, need the time. You climb a lot, huh? Uh, no, I did. Or, I did. I was doing a lot indoors uh, like a year yeah. and a half ago, and then I got really bad tendonitis in my hands. Oh no way! Because I just didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't train. Yeah. I just started climbing. I got okay. But I just got my hands got bad. I couldn't bike gotcha. couldn't do much. I just typing like social media and using my phone and typing. My arms got worked. <laughs> what a terrible way to like destroy know, your arms, dude. man. Brutal. Terrible. But um, yeah, yeah. like we we really we we want to get more into it. I think we like had the setback, and then I ended up like becoming so committed to my running, and that's kind of how I've been spending my past two summers. But right. I definitely want to climb much more next summer and. And that's another thing, like I, I have a little bit of a fear of heights and just like pushing myself out of that comfort zone and yeah. doing every day you're out there climbing something. I never thought I could succeed in getting up like a face just right. just when I started that day. Like that's a it's pretty that's cool, an man. incredible feeling. That that's really cool. It is cool. It's yeah. like it's like a it's such a things that we don't like and climbing just seems like you just as a kid you just climb. Like it seems like a like a uh, I don't know how to say this, like a really um basic thing. Yeah. And yeah, you. I mean, it's pretty high risk, but yeah, it's fun to do, man. Yeah, it's I want to do more. It's pretty zen. Cool. Sweet. I don't even. I shouldn't, shouldn't just said it's pretty zen. That sounds so lame. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but um, okay. Well, cool. Thanks for coming by, man. It's cool. It's yeah, good man. chat. Um, and uh, we will uh see you soon. Soon. All right. Bye.